morning, everybody. Um, if you've been following the reading on page 1194, it might be helpful uh, to keep 1 Timothy 6 open at that point. Uh, let me add my welcome to uh, John's, particularly if you're visiting us this morning or this is just your second or third time uh, here. You're really uh, very welcome indeed. And let me, let me just say for anybody that's visiting and particularly for anybody that's uh, here inquiring about the Christian faith, we're, we're reading um, a passage today which is obviously directed to Timothy, a church leader, uh, and um, then to the members of a church. And if you're someone um, who can't identify uh, with that, but you're with us today, you're really welcome, uh, then I would just encourage you over the next few minutes to think about some of the aspects of the lifestyle which uh, Paul is talking about and ponder whether those might or might not be attractive uh, to you. But for all of us, before I begin, let's uh, pray and ask God uh, for his help so that we can understand this passage uh, this morning. Lovely, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for the opportunity to uh, study this book over the last few weeks. And would you open our hearts and minds to understand uh, what it means for us to uh, follow its implications in our own lives. Amen. So we've reached the eighth and final uh, sermon in our series on Paul's first letter to Timothy. And we uh, finish off with um, the second half of chapter six this morning, following on from where uh, John was uh, last week. For those of you who are joining us part way through or right at the end, uh, Timothy is in Ephesus, a church founded some years earlier by the Apostle Paul. You can read about that in Acts chapter 19. And a church which Paul obviously dearly, dearly loved. You can tell that from Acts chapter 20. But now... A little while in, Timothy, in charge of that church family, is facing some difficulties. In particular, he's facing opposition from false teachers, as we learned back in chapter 1. And so Paul is writing a letter of encouragement. And he ends this letter with the message to Timothy, keep going, keep on in the faith. And the question is, how is Timothy to do that? And how might we emulate what Timothy is to do? And I'd like to suggest this morning that um, Paul offers this encouragement in three ways. By choosing distinctive living, by adopting a different time scale, and by following a definite role model. And we'll look briefly at each in turn. So first of all, keep going by choosing distinctive living. What Paul describes here as fight the good fight of the faith. Paul has been keen in this chapter to draw a distinction between Timothy 
and the false teachers. And I think he's doing that both to reassure Timothy himself of his authority in the Ephesian church, but also for the benefit of the wider community there. And the main distinction that Paul wants to draw is in way of life, in practice. By their fruits shall ye know them, Jesus had said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, when teaching the disciples how to recognise false prophets. And essentially Paul reiterates exactly the same teaching here. So Timothy is urged to fight the good fight of the faith. And then in verse 11, where Ursula started reading, we have a list of virtues to pursue. Righteousness, godliness, which again we thought about last week, faith, love, steadfastness, and the one so many of us are apt to forget, gentleness. These are contrasted directly with what we're told earlier in the letter, characterise the false teachers. And the language here is not passive, it's active. There is a list of things to flee from, and there is another list of virtues to pursue. So Timothy and the Christian is to do so consciously. The second way we are to keep going, to keep the faith, is by adopting a different time scale. After fight the good fight, Paul's second instruction in verse 12 is take hold of eternal life. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession. Timothy's problems, and most often ours, are in the present. They're in the here and now. They're what's on our minds today, what disturbed us last night or when we woke up this morning. But the perspective that is urged is not the here and now, but the eternal. And again, can I encourage us to take note of the language? Take hold of eternal life. Take hold is very strong. It's not bear in mind, or if plan A doesn't work, or there's always eternal life. The encouragement is to take hold of eternal life. Now, if I'm honest with myself, taking hold of eternal life in daily practice is something that I forget to do. Or in my arrogance, I might think I don't need to do. It's a bit like those um, signs that we see on escalators in 
train stations or uh, big department stores where it encourages you to take hold of the handrail. And of course, you never take hold of the handrail because you have all this confidence in your own balance. And I don't need to take hold of the handrail as I'm going up the escalator. But then a few years ago, when we were on holiday in the Isle of Wight, and I foolishly agreed to go in the chairlift over the cliff at Allen Bay, I certainly do take hold of the handrail. <coughs> Are we too confident in our own ability that we don't feel the need to take hold of the eternal? Take hold, grip, eternal life, and adopt a different time scale to the one in which all your worries are founded and in all the opposition is faced. Paul encourages us to put our trust in that which is eternal. Distinctive living, a different time scale. And thirdly, we keep going, we keep the faith, following a definite role model. And the role model, it won't surprise anybody here to learn, is the Lord Jesus Christ. What, however, might be a surprise is the particular example from Jesus's life, which Paul draws upon here in our passage. The example Paul gives to Timothy is that of Jesus in front of Pontius Pilate and what Paul describes as Jesus's good confession. And I must admit, when I'm thinking of examples from Jesus's life to encourage me to keep going, Jesus in front of Pontius Pilate isn't one that comes uh, naturally to mind. Now, to see what that good confession was, we need to head back into the gospel accounts, and in particular in John, which has the most detail on Jesus in front of Pilate. John eighteen thirty seven. Then Pilate said to Jesus, "So you're a king." Jesus answered. You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. This is the good confession of Jesus in front of Pilate. And if that good confession is to be an example for us, the good confession does three things. It acknowledges Jesus as king. It recognises that Jesus came for a purpose. And it teaches that we learn by listening to Jesus's voice. So if we're to keep the faith by following the role model of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
a good place to start would be to acknowledge him as king, to align behind his purposes, and to be attentive to what he says. So, in conclusion, Timothy is faced with the difficulties of an unsympathetic culture outside of the church and false teachers within. Paul's encouragement is that he keeps going. He keeps the faith. And in many ways, we will recognise the same difficulties ourselves today. And so surely Paul's encouragement applies. May we too fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which we have been called. And daily, perhaps using those reflections over Lent in Matthew's Gospel, daily listen to the voice of our role model the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's ask God to help us to do that uh, in the week ahead. (coughs) Dear God, we thank you for this encouragement that when we face difficulties, when we face opposition, when we are consumed with the worries of today, that you call us to keep going, you call us to keep the faith, And you give us this example of Paul to Timothy for us to ponder on. Would you help us in the week ahead to live lives which are distinctive, to take hold of those promises which are eternal, and to follow more closely our Lord Jesus. Please help us, Lord. Amen.